And so I'm like, nope, do it again, you know. And so um, we were at a track meet yesterday, and uh, I've been learning uh, some things about track. And so not yesterday's meet, but a meet earlier this week, actually, um, I saw something. So we were, we were doing the four-by-four, four, which is just one guy takes a baton, he runs the lap, passes the next guy, do it four-by-four. Four. Okay, so we do it four times. One of my favorite lap or one of favorite races to watch just because these guys are dead, like kids fall down, and you're like, I can't focus on you because we still got three other guys. So just, you know, pull it together. And so, um, and so that, that's going on. And right before the race, one of my guys comes up and he is our, he's like one of our best guys. Like he's blazing fast. Okay. And he walks up, um, and he's like, man, and he's just being, he's just being open or whatever. I was like, how you doing? I'm excited about it. Cause I don't have to run it. And, and I'm like, how you doing? How, you know? And he's like, and he says this kid's name. Now, I've heard maybe of this kid, but I've heard of his times, okay? And so I've heard this kid's fast. But he comes up, and he's like, you know, so-and-so's on the team, and i got to be in his heat. i got to race him. And I'm like, and I have no, like, can, I, I'm just like, what? You know, I'm like, get over it, bro. You go run your race, you know? Just get get in there and do your thing, okay? And so that's just kind of how I coach. And um, there's no, like, yeah, you get it, you know? Yeah, no, it's just like, throw up or, you know, die or do it, you know, one or the other. But, and so we, we get on the, we get on the track or he gets on the track. Right. And I see the kid and I'm like, whatever, you know, like my guy's got this. We got three other guys. We're good. We're good. And so they, you know, they, they start with a gun and they point the gun up in the air. And, and, uh, and so I'm looking at this other, my guy takes off like we planned, you know, and the other guy is just, and I'm like, Oh crap. Right. And so it's this lap and this guy is flying and I'm like, we're going to die. You know, like this kid is like, I'm like, what is he eating? You know, like I'm watching. He didn't look that impressive, but he's flying. And I'm like, holy moly. You know, and so he's taking off on this first, you, you do, you do a, a bend and then you do a straightaway. And so he destroys the bend. Like our guys are, I'm just like, just quit. Just It'd be better for you because he's about to beat you by half the track, okay? And so I watch it. Boom! He's taken off. And so the infield is the field in, be- in the infield, okay? The field in between the track, okay? And so there's a lot of people, and, and I lose them. I lose the guy that I was watching, like the, the, the stud, you know? And I'm like, this is crazy. And I look at, like, all the other coaches, and they're like, you know, we're all doing the same thing. And I'm like, do you see him? And we're, I'm not talking to his coach because I don't want his coach to know that I think his – his guy's, you know, super awesome. But I'm talking to all the other coaches, same reaction. And we lose them because all the people in the way. And off on the beginning of the second band, I start picking up a group because, it, you know, people are getting out of the way. And I'm like, it's cool because I'm at the finish line. I'm going to get this guy's, this, you know, the finish line, the, the last 100, the straightaway. And I'm just waiting for this kid to come around just blazing, right? And so people come around the corner, and the first thing I see is another team and my guy. I was like, yes, but reality is there's still 100 yards, and so I'm like, ah, and now it's, and I even feel worse for him because he thinks he's going to win, you know, and I'm like, here we go, and he's, he's running, he's running, and then I see the other guy come around, I'm like, this is the classic, I saved my energy, you know, and, and blow us away portion of the race, it happens all the time in the 400, and so he takes the curve, and I see all three of them, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And so I see them kicking the boosters. That's what I call it. So I, I'm like, give them the boosters, you know. And so they all three kick it up. And then it's 
100, you know, 100 meters. And the guy that my guy came around with, he, he takes first place, coming closer, closer. He's in first. My guy's in second. And now it's that closing kick. It's, we call it a kick. And he's, I know this guy's going to come by and blow us away. And so keep going, keep going. And our guys take it for the win. Other team, other team wins. My guy comes in second. And this, this stud of an athlete loses or comes in third. We don't, you don't get medals past third, so you lose. All right, so, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, this guy, faster than a horse right here, you know what I mean? Like, comes around the corner. I know he has the closing speed. We've heard of his times. What happened? And so I actually talked to his coach. He, you could see the, the, on his coach's face, like, he's asking the same question. And so his coach is kind of talking, we, and the coaches talk. We're not, like, huge enemies or anything. And, and he goes, that's not how we practiced. He didn't run like we practiced. And so what happened, what happened was is this kid started strong. He took off. Super amazing. Crazy. It, I still think he's like, you know what I mean? He's weird. And he takes off. He started strong. On the last kick, the, the kid gave everything he had. He, he finished strong. But something happened in the middle. He didn't stay strong. Say stay strong. He lacked consistency. He didn't just lack consistency in the race, but he lacked consistency from the practice to the race. From the, from the practice to the actual application, he lacked consistency. And because he lacked consistency, it cost him the place in the race where he wanted to finish. He got third. He did okay. But he, he lost where he wanted to finish. And so what I want to ask you today is, where has lack of consistency cost you? Where has lack of consistency cost you in your life? For some of us, it's we're killing it in our career. But because we're killing it in our career, we're killing the relationships with our family. Some of you, it's this, this idea of potential. You know you have potential. You know you have the skill sets. You know the, the things that are required of you to get where you need to go, and somehow you're not there. You're not where you're supposed to be currently. And because of lack of consistency, it has cost you where you should be. You have good moments, but you're not consistently great. You're a firework. Wow. Okay. For some of us, it's a, it's a health thing. Are we going to talk about health in church? Yeah. Yeah, it's stewardship. It's a health thing. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that we sometimes joke around because I know it's a sensitive subject, and you're like, you know, oh, yeah, I got started strong for two months, and I failed, and everyone kind of gets that, like, lighthearted giggle. Only now it's not so funny because the doctor is starting to get worried. And now lack of consistency might cost you your life. What about your relationship with God? 
Maybe he's, maybe he's kind of fit into the rest of our New Year's resolutions. I'll acknowledge my creator for two months strong, and then I'll live off that for the rest of the year. I'll be here on Sundays, but I'm going to ignore that relationship for the rest of the week. And so you know what you could have with them, but you don't because you're not willing to stay strong. Say stay strong. What does consistency cost you? Lack of consistency cost you. It's not, about, it's not about being the good version of yourself. What I'm asking you is, is, is how do you become great? Because here's the, here's the key. Consistency creates champions. Consistency creates champions. And so my question is, where do you want to be a champion in your life? Dads, where do you want to be a champion in your life? Is it the workplace first or is it your son's life? Is it being known by everybody at work or is it being known and knowing your creator? Where do you want to be a champion, spouses? This isn't my first ministry. The crew and students aren't my first ministry. The track is not my first ministry. My kids are not my first ministry. My first ministry is my wife. Where do you want to be a champion? Consistency creates champions. Where do you want to be a champion? If I had a starting point, maybe even an answer, if I had the the thing that it takes today for you to be a champion, my question is, would you be willing to do what it takes to be a champion? That's a hard question. Would you be willing to become the person it takes to be a champion? Because here's the truth. A lot of us know what to do. It's not about the what. If someone came up and said, I want to be healthier. I'd bet on the fact that I could go, what do you think you need to do to become healthier? And I bet you they'd know exercise and eat healthier. If someone's like, I want to become a better dad. And I ask, what do you think you need to do? Most dads could come up with a list of things that they could do. Daddy-daughter dates. Take my wife out on a date occasionally. Be home by dinner and have dinner. Lead my, lead my family in prayer. It's not the what. We're not, we're not hung up on the, on the what we need to do. It's how do we become the person that is willing to do what it takes to win? Not what, but who. And so I want to pick up in 2 Samuel today, chapter 23, 7 through 9, and you can go on the YouVersion app. You just click more events, and then there are a map. You just click momentum. These same notes are on there. I suggest you save them. I suggest you review them later and apply them. But we're picking up in 2 Samuel, and there was a king named David. You probably heard of him. He, he killed a giant and... You know, shepherd boy comes up, slings a rock, boom, dead. You heard that story, okay? 
So King David, he has 30 mighty men, okay? Now, he has a whole army. He has a whole uh, nation to himself, okay? He's the king. But he has these epic 30 men. So we're talking about Navy SEALs. We're talking about Delta Force, Dev Group. We're talking about, like, the elite of the elite right here. David's mighty men, about 30 of them. And within there, there are three leaders, Three guys that they, they're like, these guys are epic. They'll go down forever as like the hardest core warriors ever. But these three guys are terrifying. And so they're going through the list of these three guys and their, and their accomplishments. And just a little bit, just like, hey, and one time this happened. And you're like, what? Like, that's insane, right? And so we pick up in this guy. I'm going to try to say, my wife was like, it is not a Lazar. It's a Lazar. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Okay, so you're right phonics okay so she's a teacher she's not just on me all right so um second samuel second samuel 23 9 through 10 it says this next in rank among the three was a lazar son of dode a descendant of that guy um once elizar and david stood together against the philistines here it is they stood together against philistines when the entire israelite army had fled this is Eleazar we're talking about. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. And the rest, I want to call them losers, but, and the rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Now, in some, some versions of the Bible, some uh, translations, when they talk about him not being able to lift his hand, they talk about how they actually had to pry his hand off the sword. He had swung it so much, so hard, he was fighting for his life. But not just his life, we'll get there in a second. But he was fighting so hard that they had to pry his fingers off the sword. Not, he just wasn't gripping it so hard. He had cramped over. He had lost the ability to use his arm. He had fought so hard. Notice his consistency. Army versus army. He's there. He's ready to fight. The army flees. His backup flees. But he chooses to fight. Notice his consistency. He's fighting so hard that he can't even fight anymore. He's fighting so hard that he can't even lift a sword. And yet he chooses to fight. And what follows? The Lord gave him a great victory. Consistency creates champions. It's those who decide that they can stay strong that get the victory. What about the other guys? That's all we'll ever call them. The other guys. They showed up to fight. They were there. It wasn't like, it said, it said an army. It wasn't like we had, you know, some ill-equipped men who just showed up and like, we shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Like, they showed up. They were ready to fight. They started strong. I'm sure they put sweat, blood into the ability to be in that army. I'm sure they had to work hard to a point. They started strong. <laughs> they came back and collected the goods. They got a participation trophy. Look what we did. I got a gold goblet. They finished, 
but we'll never know their names. We'll ever, forever look at that, that part of the, his crew and go, oh, you didn't stay strong. Say stay strong. And so when I read this, I remember reading this the first time. I remember, because uh, um, my last name's Millsap, and so anything that I, like, coach, sometimes, like, my kids are called Millsap's Militia. And so when I, when I was like, They're gonna, you're going to be a track coach, I didn't go and, like, go, how do you become a track coach? I was like, what's the most epic name I could come up with, right? Like, that was where I went. And so we didn't, it, mid-distance, we just call them mids, and so it's Millsap's mids. We're working on it. But, um, but <laughs> That's the truth. So anyway, so here's the deal. So I remember reading about David's mighty men, and I'm like, yeah, they got mighty men. You know, it's an alliteration, cool. You know, and so, and so, but I'm reading about it. And I'm uh, Eleazar, and, and I'm I'm watching him fight this fight, and I'm going, bro, why? Why? Like it's just you and David, and let's be honest, David's a little weird, right? Like, since he was a boy, he's like, I'm going to kill that bear and that lion and a giant. You know, like, that's not normal. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, let's just follow this guy. Like, cool, good, you did. But at the same time, the rest of them, why are you here? They took off. Why are you here? Why? I I have to imagine when he's swinging the sword, when he decided, no, I'm going to stay here. And when he decided he's going to fight, chose to fight, and he said, I'm going to swing this thing until my arm doesn't work anymore. And then when he decided when his arm actually wasn't working anymore to still stay in the fight, where he could have easily gone, hey, David, <laughs> like, we need to get out of here. I can't, even, I can't even do this anymore. When he decided to stay strong, I have to think that somewhere in there he had a why. Somewhere in there, he's telling himself, stay strong, stay strong, stay strong, stay strong, stay strong. Why? And by asking that question, why, we get the answer. How do I become a person of consistency? How do I become a champion? Because Eliza's sitting there swinging a sword. He's like, you want to know why? Because this fight isn't about me, but this fight is for me. See, no one else can fight my fight. No one else can want this for me. No one else can do this for me. No one else is going to be the dad that you should be to your son. Now, someone can be. Someone can fill that spot, but it's not you. Someone can be the wife or someone can be the husband, but it's not you. No one's going to do that for you. They might do it, but it's not for you. I can't want this for you. I can't want a relationship for you. I want it, but I can't want it for you. Because I can't do it for you. I cannot have, no one can have a relationship with Jesus for you. You got to want it. And so Eliza's swinging a sword. You want to know why? Because it's not about me, but this fight is for me. It's for me to fill this spot. You know why? Because I have a son at home. I have a wife at home. I have friends at home. And if it's not for me and crazy David, okay, there's no, someone's going to get there. I don't care what everyone else does. This is my fight. It's for me. 
No one will do what only you can do. And so it's up to you whether you want it. If not, tune out. But if you want it, if you're willing to do what it takes to become a champion, willing to do what it takes to win in that area of your life, then God has a way. And it's about the why. You want to learn how to become a person of consistency? You want to know how to stay strong? Go back to your why. You know what I like? You know what I love? This is, I wouldn't say this in a group of guys, but it's foggy and light up here, so I can't even see who's in the room. Okay? It's this. You know what would happen? You know what I love seeing? I love seeing old people. Old, like old people. Older than anyone in this room. Let's just not offend anyone, okay? Old people, okay? And I love seeing them hold hands. It gets me like I want to punch somebody out of joy. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, yes! You know what you're doing! Hold her hand. How long have you been married? I love that. Because it's consistency. It's some guy, I guarantee you, he, they didn't live the perfect life because I've seen it more than once. Someone in that relationship, maybe both of them, looked at each other in the eye and go, you frustrate them. Mm, sometimes, I know, you ever, come on, let's talk about it. Logically on paper, I'm right, okay? But you are so passionate right now, I'm thinking I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, but after that, you looked each other in the eyes, and you said, I'm going to stay strong. Say, stay strong. It was a consistency. I got to go back to my why. I don't know what it looks like for you, but when I, it's funny, at our, our wedding, <laughs> at our wedding, right, we, uh, we, Frankie was there, I think, and I uh, know, and then Pastor Tim, I was nervous, okay? She gets mad at me because I didn't cry. It was because I was like, where am I right now? Like, I know I wanted to be there, but at the same time, I was like, what do I do? You know, and, and so she's coming down the aisle, and I'm like, Ray, you're an idiot. You don't deserve this. Caleb, you know, marry my wife. You know, like, it's like, it's like I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm about to be the man. And I'm like, ah, you know, and so this is happening, and I'm overwhelmed with this thankfulness. And I'm like, and I was so nervous that when we did the vows, you know, you're supposed to look at your spouse or you're you know, about to be spouse. I was telling my spouse to Pastor Tim. I was like, and so he's like, look over there. You know, like, that's not, don't tell me you want to, this is weird. You know, so look over at your wife. And, but, but I remember that moment and I remember going, God, I'm so thankful for what I have. And I, like, I don't, not just her, but I just don't deserve this. I don't deserve a crowd of people who love me. I don't deserve a wife. And like, and, and, and we left and like our, our car was ruined. People put, um, you know, you're supposed to put, like, car paint, and they put, like, whipped cream. And so our first, like, thing we did together wasn't go to a romantic honeymoon hotel. It was like, hey, let's, we got to go to car wash. You know, and so, and so we did that, and we're washing it, and I wasn't even bummed. I was like, I get to do things like this with her. And then guess what? We got out of the honeymoon. We started strong. I'm looking at that old guy over there going, I want to be you. I got to commit to consistency. I got to stay strong. 
But for me to do that, I got to know why. And so I bring myself back to those moments where I'm like, you, woman, are my woman. Like, you, you know what I mean? Now, sometimes I'm just like, everyone's clapping, but sometimes I'm like, you, woman, are, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect, okay? So here's the deal. But consistency creates champions. You don't have that if you don't stay strong. Say, stay strong. I'm going to talk to dads because I'm not a mom. Okay? Newsflash. But, but here's the deal. Parents, it's good, it's good to work. It is. Work is a blessing. Work is where we get to flex the skills that God has given us. Work is not a bad thing. If you think it's a curse, you need to re, redefine that in your head. Work is a good thing, but it's not a good substitute for being a good dad. And that's just a good dad. A champion dad. How do I become a consistent champion? I got to learn how to stay strong, but I got to go back to my why. Freaking, I hate tears. Stupid. But I can go back and I'm like, why? Why do I got three kids in the house? That's insane. And like, they're not listening. They totally know every button. Apparently, it's just right here. Okay. And they know how to push my buttons. And I'm like, I just want to, you just, you know, like, I don't even know what to say. And why do you ask why about everything? And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know. Go ahead. Just, you know, wipe your boogers everywhere. There's not a real good, there's not a good why for that. Why? I don't know who created that rule. It just sounded smart, you know, like. And so I got this tension. I'm like, what? I'm looking at my wife and she's like, didn't you, you want to have another? I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like another. And I'm like, yeah, and no, this is nuts. But I got to go back when I'm looking and I'm like, you are literally, you guys are crazy. You wouldn't survive, you know what I mean? And I'm looking at them. I got to go back to my why. I'm sleep training. We just, I think, I think we're over the hump. It's where you, it's like a nicer cry it out method kind of. And, and so, you know, you could time it instead of just let it happen, you know? And so, oh, 10 minutes. All right. You know, but, and, and so you come in and I'm like, what? Uh, I haven't slept for months and now I have to like purposely do it, you know? And, and I go back to my why and it, wrecks me because I remember Vanessa's like uh birth was kind of at least for me it was nuts and I think one of the girls she was kind of passing out and then, and then we had like 20 people by the end of it and one of uh one of our nurses in here she's super solid actually we have a bunch of yep right there second row so good because she kept me alive and so and so because it's about me and the whole birthing process and and I and I'm like crazy kids why and I remember they took clay we didn't know he was a boy or a girl and they said oh he's whatever and I'm like we didn't even it wasn't it was so crazy for me I didn't even register that I just had a boy you know and they take him out of the room and they're taking care of Vanessa and it was just for me it was super intense I think it goes down as pretty intense period and they're like we have to take him to the NICU at a different hospital F. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to either choose to stay with my wife, who needs me, or I need to go to my son, who I, I haven't even met yet. 
And so they're like, hey, real quick, before we take him, do you want to see him? And I was like, yeah, you know, like. And so, you know, like baby pictures of people who have pregnant, they're all like, you know, he's kind of dirty, but you still love him. And it's just like, it's gross, but it's natural, and, you know. And we never had that. We didn't get that. We got, I walked into a room with one baby in it, and it's Clay. And he's in this, uh, it was open at the time, and I don't, a bed, I guess, I don't know, baby bed, whatever. And I'm like, I know what it's supposed to look like, but my son, he's wired up. And he has a tube going in his, like, throat, and he's got stuff. And I walk up, and he, you know, he can't see me. And he's, (gasps) (gasps) and he's making this noise. And I'm, um, I don't know what's coming over me, but I have this feeling in me. And it's this immense love that I, I can't, I can't tell you how it feels unless you've been there before. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, why aren't, why aren't people over here? And I'm, and I'm, I'm struggling with these feelings. And I'm going, you know. And I'm like, I just want to touch him. Can I touch him? And they're like, you can touch him, but just you know, be gentle. And I'm like, I, and and I felt this immense love for this little kid, for this little baby boy. And he's breathing hard. And then everything came over me at once. And it was like, don't anybody ever try to touch this kid. I will rip your throat out. Like, I will. And at the same time, I was willing to kill for this kid. And I'm willing to die for this kid. And I just met this kid. And I love everything about him. And so when I'm waking up at 3 and 4 every 10 minutes of the morning to go, go to sleep, kid. You know? I can go back to the moment where I was overwhelmed before any any human understanding of what was happening when it was just pure, when it was new, and when God gave me a clear vision of what I had, and I can go back to the way God sees things, which is my why, and I can go, I will do whatever it takes to raise you in a biblical house where I'm following God so that one day your older brother and your sister and you can get to know God and we can celebrate sometime in eternity together. And that's my why. It's... So what's your why? How do we do this? We know what needs to be done. You know your to-dos. Anybody knows what? You you have Google. You don't need to go. You know what I mean? Just how do I lose weight? Google. Okay. Daddy-daughter dates. Google. Like, just just Google it. You know? That's the what. Just figure that one out. But where do you want to be a champion? Why? I want to show you something. It's just, it's just application. It's not the way. It's just Ray's way. It's a way. And it's something that has kept me consistent. And I've struggled with consistency. That's why I have to put it in a book. Okay? Some of you are like, I don't have to do that. Well, good for you. Okay? Whatever. <laughs> I have to write it down. Okay, and I'm not, it's not, it doesn't say, be a good dad, okay, and we're going to go over, but it's a system, I used to cringe at systems, Frankie, I used to make fun of him because he likes systems, I'm like, okay, nerd, you know, like, and, and, but, but, and then I noticed that, oh, wow, look how easy my life would have been for the four years I wasn't using them, so, uh, you win, cool, so, so it's a system, (laughs) it's a system. It's a thing that we do to get a, a product. I don't know if that's the definition of system, but it sounds right. And so 
And so I want to ask four questions. I want to pose four things to you. And if you're wanting it, because I can't want it for you, but if you're actually wanting and willing to do what it takes to become a champion, then I believe that these things are going to help you. This is good if you're a Christian or not a Christian. How do you become a person of consistency? And so the first thing is this. Answer, where do you want to be a champion? Pretty simple. We talked about that. This is going to take time, by the way. It's going to take you praying to God. Because you you can't be at your full potential, which is a champion, without your creator helping you get there. You can't love your wife like a champion when you don't have God who loves your wife more. God who loves your wife and with pure eyes. When he's, when he's looking at your wife and he goes, I just want you to feel my love. And someone goes, I'll step up. You can't do that without God. When he looks at your children, when he looks at your friends, and when he looks at your family, and when he looks at even your potential and he goes, I just want you to live life to the fullest. You don't have that big of a vision, but he does. And so it takes time. It takes prayer. It takes you sitting down and asking these questions. So the first one is, is where do you want to be a champion? Second thing, why? You got to know the why. You got to bring your ba- yourself back. You got to see where it started when you got married on the altar, but you also got to see where you want it to be. You got to know the why in order to stay strong. Say, stay strong. And this is my, this is my favorite. Number three, you got to prove it. Where do you want to be a champion? Why? Prove it. You ever had that when someone's saying something to you and you're like, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. But in your head, you're like, prove it. I stopped saying that to other people. I just started saying it to myself. God, I want to be a good husband. Prove it, Ray. I want to be a good dad. Prove it, Ray. What does prove it look like? Prove it means... Does your life reflect the what and the why? What do you want to be a champion? Where do you want to be a champion? And why? Does your life actually reflect that? If not, adjust. I want to be a good dad. We'll go on daddy-daughter dates. Is it in your schedule? I want to go on a vacation a year with just me and my wife. Does your budget reflect that? If not, adjust. I want to Reach my potential as a leader. Good. When have you scheduled in times to read? What books are you going to read? Did you know statistically, not statistically, scientifically proven here, is that if you say you're going to do something to somebody and they, like, applaud you for it, like, I'm going to lose weight. And they're like, oh, good. Did you know that statistically your chances actually of achieving that go down because that little applaud releases dopamine in your brain and you're like, I'm good. By 60%. Statistic. I'm going to write a book. Oh, that's awesome. Never writes a book. So instead of telling people, instead of talking it, walk it. Just be about it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And so prove it. Prove it to me. And then repeat. Prove it and repeat. And so what I wanted to give you today is just an idea to work with. And so 
I sat down with God, and this actually took a long time. It took a long time because when I pray through it, he's like, is that eternally profitable? Is that God glorifying? Is that bring me closer to you, you to me, and the people around you closer to me? Like, and so it took a while because I had to really filter through some things, and it opened up my eyes to how much I wasn't ready to be a champion. And I'm not a champion till I'm dead. And champion, what, what makes you a champion, by the way, is when you're walking through the gates of heaven, he's like, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what champion is. That's your trophy. So it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen down there holding the hands. That guy's way closer than me, um, hopefully. And, but it doesn't happen until two guys look at me in the eyes. And so, so I wanted to show you two things. I asked God, I said, I want to be a champion, but I, I don't just want to be a champion dad. I don't want to be a champion husband. I don't I just want to be a champion husband. I want to be a champion leader. I want to be a champion leader. I want to be a champion friend. And so next thing I was like, I just want to be a champion. And so I went through prayerfully, and it didn't happen in a day, but it, it, it was my focus. And I went spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, professionally, relationally, personally. You can pull that up if you got it. And I went through everyone, and just disclaimer, you're not going to be able to read that just so you guys can get an idea. And for some of you, you won't need this, but for me, I need it daily. So I wake up, I go, I get away with coffee real quick, away from people, so that I could wake up for my family and not to my family. Huge difference. And caffeinated. And I wake up and I go over these things and I pray through this. I say, God, this is what I believe you want from me. You've told me this. I claim that over my life. Yes, God, this is exactly what you want. And I go through the whole thing. But then I got to hold myself accountable because accountability to one or another is kind of, it's more like peer pressure than accountability. Like, oh, I got in trouble again. It's not going to change you. You have to want it. You can't have, people can't want it for you. And so the next thing that I do, and this is a way, it's not the way, it's just an idea. I just want to help you apply this to your life is the next thing. And it's something called daily swings. If you can bring that up, please. And this is the idea of daily swings. I just want you to have a tangible way to carry this out in your life. You got to know the why. And we already said, this is the what. This is that list of things. And this isn't a list of things to become a good fill-in-the-blank as your title. It's not good at your job. It's not good at um, a certain skill. This is the, the what is it going to take me to become the person that I want to be. No matter what job I hold, no matter where I'm at, what kind of person do I want to be? That's the what that you have to define. And I hold myself accountable even on a checklist basis. I'm like, why didn't I get in the Word today? Did you get in the prayer today? And I ask questions at the end of my day. Right before bed, I just keep it next to my bed. And I don't write it. I don't have to write it all down. It's just questions. It's just keeping what's important in front of me. So I make a choice on whether or not I'm willing that day to do it. And so here's the truth. Is that we're all running a race already. You're already running a race. If you're a husband, you're running a race. If you're a wife, you're running a race. You got kids, you're in a race. Whether you knew it or not, as soon as that that baby came out and it's like, feed me. You know, like, you're in a race. You're already putting in the hard work. You're already doing the sweat and the blood and the tears. So don't just be in it, win it. I tell my athletes, we're in practice. And I'm like, don't ever stop 
the 300 mark on the 400, right? And I'm like, you slow down there. Don't do that. You know why? Because when you get back here, no matter you gave it 80% or 100%, you're still huffing and puffing. So make it count. It's already hard. So make it count. It's not going to be easier. So don't just be in the race. Don't just be in it, win it. And so where do you want to be a champion? Why? And then go out and prove it. Not to anybody else. Just prove it. Because the fight isn't about me, but the fight is for me. And no one is going to do what only I can do. Consistency creates champions. Where do you want to be a champion? Stay strong. Stay strong. Let's pray. If you're here, and I'm talking to a specific group of people, because I said you need God on your side if you want to be a champion in life, if you want to be a champion dad, if you want to be a champion mom, if you just want to be a champion person, period, a leader, you want to hit your potential, you want to be who you are made to be, then you need to know who made you. And the relationship with my son is amazing, but the relationship with my God, I cannot put into words. I seek it every day. He has healed my life. He has brought me to my potential. He is making me new every day. I can't tell you enough how much you are missing out on an amazing love, an amazing relationship if you don't have God. And so if that's you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, just let me tell you why. You should. The truth is, is that we all have failed. We all have imperfections. And those failures and imperfections separate us from a perfect God. That stuff is called sin. Sin is punishable by an eternal death separated from God. He can't live in the sight of imperfection. He doesn't allow it into his perfection. It is sin and it has to be cast out and it has to die. But God wasn't willing that we would be separated for eternity from him. And so he not just was willing to die, but give away his most and only, most beloved and only son in replacement for me and you to die the death that me and you deserved. And so Jesus was nailed to a cross and died that death to forgive us of our failures, to forgive us and defeat sin altogether. He became our sin. And when he died, so did It's power over us. And the reason why we call him God isn't just because of that, but because three days later he rose from the grave and he didn't just defeat sin, but he defeated death. And for anybody who would be willing to say, I trust you, you are the Lord of my life. You can lead me, you can teach me, I will follow you. And for my life now and my life later, I put my trust in the name of Jesus. For anybody who would be willing to do that, You're adopted into the family of God as a son and a daughter. And so for some of you, you're not living the life that you were made to live because you're not accepting the love that you were made to accept. And so if you do not know Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord and as the one that is holding your life, 
then I want to invite you to make him Lord and accept his love. And we're going to pray together. And prayer is just talking to God. And we're going to pray together to encourage those who are praying this for the first time. And if that's you, this prayer, it's just this. It's Jesus. Pray together. Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I accept what you did for me. I accept your love. And I accept your leadership over my life. I am putting my trust in you. My life now. And my eternal life forever. In the name of Jesus, I trust. Amen. If that was you, we want to celebrate with you. It is exactly why we do everything we do here, so that you would know God, you would have a relationship with him, and that we would get extra brothers and sisters in our eternal family. And so if that was you, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to give you a quick gift, and that's all we want to celebrate. So on three, raise your hands. One, two, three.